three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Asher. I appreciate it. I'm uh, definitely appreciate you having me on. But you're telling me you you have a podcast of your own. Yeah, I I, uh, I started a podcast uh, literally in, right before pandemic started. So 2020 it was it was the new year. Mm-hmm. It was called uh, the Eight Count, and uh, yeah, and now now it's called the Champ Up Chat podcast. Mm. So it's gone through. Uh, quite a bit of change over the past couple of years as the whole world did. Right. Yeah. Uh, I guess, how, how have you enjoyed um, podcasting? Um, I would say it's, it's just like anything. It has its challenges, but no, I, I definitely enjoy it. I, I uh, especially now with my wife, where we just sit down and we talk about topics of health and wellness and, you know, uh, cause that's what we've, we've focused on over the last couple of years. And, and wanting to share our thoughts and ideas with, with our listeners, it's it's been great because it helps us. You know, the thought is, you know, when you teach, you learn it twice. So, mm. you know, the more we talk about it, the more we ingrain it into our own lifestyle, you know, wh- whether it be, you know, just mindset or nutrition and things like that. So, yeah, I've definitely enjoyed it. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, a question I, I always like to ask every guest is, who do you say you are? Who do I say I am? Hmm. I would say I, I'm a martial artist at heart uh, from, a, you know, eight years old. Literally, that's that's who I wanted to show up as. Not that it it's always been, you know, I've always shown up as that person, but that's who I wanted to show up as hmm. from that early on at eight years old. So I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm a martial artist. How'd you how'd you get into martial arts? Uh, so my, my father was a martial artist. He was a, a Taekwondo stylist. And, um, I used to, the funny thing is I used to watch him leave the apartment, you know, growing up in, in Queens. And I was again, like maybe seven or eight years old. I used to watch him leave the apartment. He would never say anything. He would just grab this Brown bag, you know, like this Brown, uh, uh duffel bag, I guess, kind of, and he would leave the, the apartment. And he would never say anything. And I, I always asked my mom, where is he going? And she would say, oh, he's going to do his thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that was. She didn't explain it. But eventually I learned that it was that he was going off to uh, a Taekwondo school in the city, in uh, the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And yeah, I was just always curious about it. And then eventually, you know, after nagging my mom, uh, you know, my mom, you know, eventually got my dad to bring me to his dojo Mm -hmm. and I, you know, my father and I, even to this day, we don't have a close relationship. He's been uh, very disconnected from our family, even though, again, he's still, he's still alive and he still lives with my mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, him taking me there was just a huge um, turning point as an eight-year-old and just watching him go from, you know, the way he was in the house, which was very disconnected and very to himself. And then to see him on the mats in the dojo and watch him, you know, kick and punch and doing all his forms and, you know, making the noises that martial artists make. And, 
mm-hmm. and actually the smell of the place it was uh, a turning point in my life and uh yeah that that literally hooked me from day one so for you it started out martial arts started out with taekwondo and just continued to evolve from there yeah uh, absolutely and i actually what's interesting is that that dojo didn't have a kids program so i wasn't able to even start you know but it was just it was the point where i was like oh i want to do something like this eventually so we moved from where we were in queens from elmhurst to a place called queens village which is still in queens but you know not too far away but it was very different different neighborhoods and uh, when i moved to queens village then eventually i was able to enroll my my parents or my mom enrolled me in a taekwondo school mm-hmm. where in the new neighborhood that we were in so yeah i started I was, I guess, maybe nine or 10 at that time. Gotcha. And I guess, like you said, Taekwondo was just, was really the jumping off point since that's what your dad did. And you, you basically followed suit from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so again, so it was interesting because at home he was very more than reserved, I guess is the best way to put it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was a black belt, like a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. And, and I just, I just kind of looked up to him at that time as like, uh, you know, even though at that time, this was, um, I don't know, 40 years ago now, but, um, you know, Bruce Lee was just coming into my, my awareness. Mm. And I looked at Bruce Lee as like, uh, like a mentor or guide. And then looking at my dad, I was like, Oh, right. so this, this is going to be my path. Right. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, with, with how, or how how would you say martial arts has evolved over the years for you? Like seeing it going to the gym, seeing it like maybe from your dad perspective, and now where like mixed martial arts is uh, more or less mainstream. Oh, I mean, it's unbelievable, right? To to watch that growth of of combat sports. I, I first saw uh, the UFC back in the early nineties, hmm. and that was when it was you know in its infancy when it was still just you know what they called no holds barred fighting uh but in general martial arts you know as you know at first when i first got into martial arts it was only karate and taekwondo schools that were around in at least new york city i don't know about the rest of the country but mm-hmm. you know now to just to see it evolved into what is mainstream now, which is Muay Thai and jujitsu and, you know, wrestling has always been around, but yeah, Muay Thai and BJJ, it's, it's great to see, to see that evolution. It it reminds me of how technology is evolving, right? Mm. How it went from, you know, I had a Motorola pager back in the day, you know, <laughs> and now it's just, you know, like these smartphones that can, you know, power, uh, you know, you know, that just have so much information that, you know, and it grew within, you know, such a short period of time. And I feel like that's what happened with martial arts. And, you know, you see kids like I just took my kid to a jujitsu match uh, yesterday uh, actually, my wife did. I had to go teach uh, a class uh, in a town uh, not too far over, but my kid was at this jujitsu uh, competition and there were just tons of kids, you know, ready to, you know, just scrap it out on the mats. And, and, and that's a beautiful thing because I think sport or combat sport is 
you know, not every kid is going to enjoy it, but I think it, yeah. it is crucial to some degree to for every every kid growing up to at least know what it is and or experience it themselves. You know, true. I guess there's something to be said for like the the confrontation of combat sports where it's just you and another person or it's it's fun to have those conversations before. Like you mentioned, Bruce Lee and people look at different um icons like even Chuck Norris or like the the Gracie brothers, but like people that you see on the the big screen and you're just like, man, I bet you like my dad could beat up your dad or like this guy could beat up this person. But then when, when you, um, I guess like people started talking about mixed martial arts and actually saying like, okay, what can this style be this style? And like, let, let's see what, what wins out. Well, you know what, what's interesting about what you're saying there is that yeah, it does. It, it 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 always from a general fan, it revert it always reverts back to that conversation about which style is better. Like who, you know, who's got more techniques or things like that. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned over the years through martial arts, like, and this is obviously something that Bruce Lee inspired in me, just knowing about him and you know, following him as a kid. Uh, meaning reading up on his on his life and his philosophy, it always boils down to the individual, you know, styles, you know, yeah. All right. Styles, they say styles make fights, but mm-hmm. the style, I, I believe styles don't matter. It What matters is the individual, how much perseverance, how much desire, how much love and passion do they actually have for what they're doing, which will lead them to the skills that they ha- they're going to have going into the ring. Right. So you'll see it time and time again, where in the past it was like, all right, jujitsu, jujitsu was beating all the striking arts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The skill was, was crucial because nobody knew what jujitsu, jujitsu was and they were clueless. But now that everybody's kind of on the same page and everybody has sort of the same skills, mm-hmm. it really does matter on the mindset and the psychology of of an individual going into the ring. that That's what wins fights, I, I truly believe. Right, right. And I guess it, I agree with you. There, There is something to be said with the mentality, especially because um, even looking at someone like Muhammad Ali, like being, um, I don't, would you say like a, a wordsmith or someone that's just like so mentally sound where it's like he'd beat people before they'd, they'd get to the, the match and just like... Um, what what's the what's your view on like the the training that's done in like the dojos and the gyms versus like the competitions that people get to see like televised? Oh, I mean, like you were mentioning with Ali, like his his mindset game was mm-hmm. what yeah, like you said, what beat people even before the match. Like he, his thing was say. His one of his thoughts, if I I don't want to misquote him, but I, he said something to the effect of, "I knew was I was a champion even before I became one, mm-hmm. right?" Because he would always tell himself, "I'm a champion, I'm a champion," and and yeah, he was definitely a wordsmith, and he would use um, mental the mental uh, fight against his opponents first, mm-hmm. break them down even before they got to the ring. So um, <clears throat> to answer your question, I would <clears throat> I would say. If your if your mindset isn't right going into a training camp or going into the dojo, whatever mm-hmm. you call it, the, there's the fight is already lost. Right. You know, in the training camp, if you're mentally, 
um, and emotionally, right? Because it's all about emotions. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. So if your thoughts, if you're walking in the dojo or the gym and saying, oh man, I don't know if this is going to, this is going to be a good workout today, or I can't believe how badly I, I've been sucking over the past, you know, whatever, two or three weeks, mm. that's a trickle down effect, right? You're just snowballing what you're going to be feeling in the training camp. And you're going to bring that right into, into competition. And, you know, and you see it time and time again, like there's all these talented fighters that are supposed to win, right? but, you know, maybe their mental game isn't solid or complete where they come into a fight and they've got all these skills, but, you know, they, they lose it, you know, in the ring emotionally and uh, psychologically as well. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully I answered your question. You, you did. It's funny when I, when I was asking the question, I felt like I started going in two different directions, but um, something that that's interesting, like we were talking about podcasting before and also bringing in the martial arts aspect. Like I, I watched a few episodes of um, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. And, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I hadn't, I saw an episode with him and Shannon Briggs, and like, not, not really having a martial arts background myself, I, I, I wasn't aware of who Shannon Briggs was and like where he came from. But like, just speaking to the mentality and really um, fighting the mental fight before you you fight the physical fight, it's it was it was good to understand like that's the saying that he says let let's go champ it's like a way of like building himself up when he's down or you feel like you're down and out and like whether it's like a training camp or just people going to a gym like on a regular basis like you have to do that so many more times before you can be showcased on tv and it, sometimes it, it it seems like you get a a glimpse of what goes on at the gym when you you see people on TV and like some people, they don't shine under the lights and then other people, they just like, they, they show out. But I, I just thought that that was interesting. And just like you mentioning that makes sense, but it, 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 it's always the, um, the application and like knowing this, this is what needs to happen and actually like doing the work to make it happen because it, it's not easy, especially it's like if, if you um, like growing up in Taekwondo and, you know, like you get in your butt kicked starting out. Like for me, I wrestled middle school and high school. And you just remember like part of you is like excited to just be there, like have an activity to do. You have like like a mutual thing with your dad, maybe now. And then it's like at some point there's that like competition where you're like, OK, maybe I, I don't want to just keep showing up and losing like. Maybe I actually want to, I'd like to win one. And then like, you still get beat. And then you, you, you have to like, now tell yourself is okay. That that's okay. That, that happened. Like, let's go another round. Like, let, let's go another round. Well, that's, that's interesting. You bring that up because I, I talk about, you know, what I used to have, or my wife and I, we used to own a gym back in New York, obviously uh, before uh pandemic started and, you know, again, long story pandemic, um, wasn't something that the gym could handle. So we permanently closed our doors, but the kids that we used to train there, um, you know, we had a scholarship program and things like that, but, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought right now, but (laughs) where was I going with this? You talking about, um, having a gym during the pandemic and training, training the kids. 
because we're coming from the the conversation about mentality and being able to bounce back from um, loss and just having the mindset of saying um, you you win becoming a champion before you become a champion. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. So the the thought, yes, we we did everything in our power to ingrain into to the kids that we were training that being a champion, right? Mm-hmm. Like Shannon Briggs, like he he bigs himself up, like let's go, champ, let's go. Like, but being a champion is not just about like winning, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah, all right. That's the the connotation that somebody will get when you say the word champion to somebody. That it's somebody who's you know they got the belt, you know, they're standing at the top of uh, you know the the podium, and they've got the ring or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but a champion is someone who decides, mm-hmm. right? That life is a fight, but I'm going to accept that challenge and, and never give up and persevere and exhibit and experience, you express your grit, you know, when it comes down to it, that that's what a champion is. I mean, look at Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali went through so many challenges, not just in the ring, but outside of the ring as well, but no matter what he, he persevered. Right. And, Somebody like Nelson Mandela, talk about a, a champion spirit, somebody who was incarcerated for, you know, I think, what was it, 30 years? Mm-hmm. I, I believe yeah. people like that, those are those are champions, right? right. And not to say that someone who just w- wins a fight is is not a champion, but it, it is. It's the, it's the lows, it's the setbacks and the obstacles and how do you overcome them? That's how, that's what makes you know, a champion, right? How do you keep getting up every single time? And, and the thought, like, it's funny because um, I had a, a kid reach out to one of our students from back in the gym mm-hmm. and he was a jujitsu student. Uh, he was applying for um, his parents reach out to us saying that they're applying for this boarding school and, and their kid was writing this essay on his experiences at our gym you know, a couple of years ago. And he said that in they told us in his uh, essay that he's writing that he used um, our moniker. It's not ours. I mean, it's something that I, I came across over the martial arts uh, journey, but fall seven times, stand up eight, right? You're going to get up one more time than every time that you fall, basically. Right. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's not the, the, the champion or the, cha- you know, for us, the champ up, mentality is just saying, okay, it's not a matter of if life is going to knock me down. It's a matter of when and how am I going to dust myself off and get back in the fight? I like that. And I guess I feel like martial arts, a lot of time, it it almost feels like a, I don't know if I'd call it a a training ground or just a nice, a nice reminder of what it is you can kind of overcome in life because it's like, you you have the playfulness to be able to interact with other people, but also like the confrontation of like, okay, like at one point or another, like you, you're going to have your back up against the wall and you've got to either come out fighting or um, I don't know if I'd say submit, but it, it's like, re- regardless of what happens, it's, it's like you, you, at the end of the match, you get a chance to get back up. It's not like you lose and you just lay on the mat, like they turn off the lights, the janitor closes up. You just <laughs> lay there. It's like at the end of the day, you get to go home. And at, there's something nice to just um, work on your training, do do what it is that that you're there to do, and then go home, come back, and do it again. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure you, you've experienced that. And I, I've never wrestled, but wrestling is a, a great metaphor or for life, right? Like some, I, I, I use this probably way too much with, uh, with our students, but sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. There's, you know, if you think it, well, I mean, I, who was I talking about this, but like the whole concept of being undefeated in boxing, mm. it, it, I get it. It's great because you want to build this fighter up so that they can, you know, bring in the pay-per-views and make all, you know, bring in the money that's required to pay this fighter if right. they're an undefeated fighter. But how realistic is that really? You know, mm. I mean, wrestling, jujitsu, Muay Thai, other combat sports, they don't rely on this whole being undefeated concept. Right. right which can be elusive, right? Because is there really such a thing as being undefeated? Unless, you know, we're not going to get into, the, you know, how people stay undefeated. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a matter of humbling yourself every time you're on the mats, in the gym, in the ring, whether you're competing or not, and understanding that this is this is crucial, being, being the hammer sometimes and being the nail. Mm. So, I mean, what what is it that you look forward to most now, whether it's like within martial arts or outside martial arts on a on a weekly basis? For me personally, I I want to know that I can still pass on and share what I've learned and I'm still learning. I'm not going to claim to know it all. I I still want to feel like I'm developing as a martial artist, but I want to know that I can do this into my 70s. You know, that, that I gave that as my my cutoff point where I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. maybe in my 70s, I'll slow down. Maybe I'll take up Tai Chi or something. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm hoping, uh, you know, yeah, I can keep you know training and keep in preser- preserving my quality of life and my health and my well-being and my especially my mental well-being through mm-hmm. martial arts, but also passing that on to, you know, whoever is a student of mine. So, yeah, gotcha. longevity, but quality with the longevity. Hmm. I like that. I, I thought of, well, I, I attended a, a local gym that does, it's a mixed martial arts gym and they do jujitsu and, and I was wanting to learn a little bit of it, but it, it just seemed like maybe I might need to come back at another time. But I don't know if I already asked you this, but what, what is it about like the martial arts and that the longevity of it, or just that wanting to keep going back to the well, like even as you get older and, and as time keeps passing by, is it mainly like the passing the knowledge on or like just being in that space to feed your your health? Or like, what is it about, like, what is it that you, you get most from it and wanting to stick with the martial arts for so, such a long time? Um, that's a good question. Um... I, w- I would say that for me, it's it's my my religion, right? Mm. I'm, I'm not a religious person. I grew up Catholic. My, my parents are Filipino. Mm. They raised me Catholic, but I've chosen my own path. And for me, m- what I replaced uh, religion with is martial arts. So it's it's literally my everything. It builds it builds my spirit, right? Mm. It builds my spirit for, again, the challenges that will come up and you know, I'm not old, but as I age, right, I, I know things, you know, I, I'm around older, uh, you know, my, my in-laws are older, my parents are getting older, you know, you see the challenges that they grow, go through, not not just, 
you know, physically and mentally, but, you know, people around you, you know, as you age, you start losing more people. And I want to know that I can have the, the spiritual fortitude, you know, through training and through having a, a belief in something that has taken me off of a path that where I was heading down, you know, a road that was going to lead me either in jail or, you know, underground. Right. So mm. it's been my religion, you know, for, for so many years and it's given me, I like to call it the beacon light, right. On, on the, on the shore when you're lost in the storm mm-hmm. and I, I've never been out in, out in the storm, out at sea, but I can only imagine if you could see that beacon light on the shore, like you, you have hope, right. right? So martial arts is, always been that for me as as many times as I've lost the path and I've been lost out at sea and not knowing where to go when I when I can get that glimmer of martial arts like it's always set me back on on the journey and yeah I would say I would say that my it's just it's not about how um physically skilled I am mentally yes I want to be strong but spiritually it gives me something to think of as as a a legacy. I like that. What, which one of the, uh, the martial arts is your favorite or which do you practice the most? Definitely Muay Thai. Muay Thai has always been my thing. I I like to, uh, I definitely love to kick Mm. and Muay Thai is definitely a kicking art. So, yeah, well, it's funny because coming from Taekwondo in Taekwondo, Mm -hmm. it's a kicking art as well. You learn, you know, there's so many different kinds of kicks that you learn. But in Muay Thai, literally, there's only two kicks mm-hmm. that you learn. And you just you gotta have to be able to do them, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times. So, yeah, it, it, it made kicking simple for me, I guess, mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. Like what, which two, which two kicks are those? Uh, so there's a, a push kick or they call it a teep in mm-hmm. Thai, which is like a, in karate or Taekwondo, it's like a front kick. Gotcha. And then there's the round kick where you use your shin to kick with, as opposed to uh, karate or taekwondo where you're using your foot, you use mm-hmm. your shin like a bat gotcha. to break down your opponent. Hmm. It's funny. I, I guess the, that maybe shows how much of a uh, of a non-expert that I, I might be, because every time that I've 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 heard of Muay Thai or I've I've thought of Muay Thai. I always picture like Anderson Silva's introduction into um, the UFC where he fought Rich Franklin and he oh, got him man. in that clinch and just yeah, yeah. kneeing him to the face. And I was like, Ooh, that, that <laughs> that's like the real wake up call. You're just like, well, no, that, man. that, that is definitely a huge part of Muay Thai, like the clinch game, which is yeah. interesting. Cause yeah, most people don't think when they think Muay Thai, they think elbows and, you know, Knees. Kicks, right? Yeah, knee. Yeah, but the clinch game is definitely where it, it that separates Muay Thai from all all the striking arts because mm-hmm. in all most striking arts, once you tie up and clinch, you know they break you up like right. boxing right. break you up. Taekwondo, they don't you know they don't really clinch, but you know if you get in too close, mm-hmm. you want to disengage so you have room to kick. Gotcha. But yeah, no, Muay Thai says no. I'm, I'm, I want to go into the eye of the storm mm-hmm. and figure out how to manage that, the eye of the storm. Gotcha. Yeah. But that's cool. I, I, I like that. But it's like those those two kicks, the the teep kick and the um, you said the round round the round kick. Yeah, the round, round kick. Yeah, they call it are, round kick. Gotcha. They're mainly like the distance kicks to kind of just like let somebody know. It's like. 
if you come close, there's a lot more of this than, than you might want to deal yeah. with. Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, that's that's definitely what makes Muay Thai uh, so effective, right? The different ranges. Yeah. Right? You break you break somebody down from long range to take it into close range where that could be, you know, the end of it all, I guess. <laughs> gotcha. Man, that, and, you know, jujitsu is great where obviously if we're talking about mixed martial arts where mm-hmm. you close that distance, maybe you you're able to land kicks and punches and knees and elbows. And now if you're versed enough, mm-hmm. take them down and then that's where the fight ends. Yeah. Right? So but I, I enjoy I, I love all all combative arts, mm-hmm. but I would. Muay Thai is definitely my base. Like I've, I've trained wrestling. I've trained, uh, you know, I trained BJJ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I, if I had to say what's my favorite, I, I definitely, they call it stand and bang. I, I mm-hmm. like to stand and train. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's nice to see. Um, I guess with some arts, it, it feels like there's a, a finality to it with like jujitsu, but it's, I guess it all depends on maybe who you're facing and like the co- quality of your opponent because if you can make them submit i'm sure if you punch somebody enough times or if you kick somebody enough times and they're like okay i'm done it's like that's it no more but like if somebody's maybe got a uh, a granite chin or just like a hard head they might they might do more damage to you than you you might you might want and yeah and that that's the the beauty of of uh mixed martial arts where you know you have a few more ranges to work on as opposed to just Muay Thai where you're just on your feet, where I I call it, um, you know, humanely ending the fight, right? Where mm. you can take somebody down and say, okay, I've got you. What are you going to do now? Right. Mm. Right. Are right. Gonna, are, yeah. Are you going to let me, you know, break your arm or, or are you going to say, okay, you win until the next time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so like, how can people get in touch with you? Are, are you, is the gym still closed down or how are you able to um, still practice? So interestingly enough, just recently, after literally two years of not teaching, uh, a friend of mine in the sport, he actually was a really well-known UFC um, referee for a while. Mm-hmm. He brought me into a local UFC gym because they lost their Muay Thai instructor and he asked, just out of the blue, he kind of asked me what I was doing. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm building this, you know, online coaching program with my wife, you know, where we teach health and wellness and things like that. But I'm not teaching martial arts. And he asked me if I wanted to teach, you know, come in and take over this Muay Thai program. So now I'm teaching out of a, a UFC gym. I'm building Krom Muay Thai back up. And yeah, so I'm teaching kids and I'm teaching the adults again. And it's it's been amazing to re- reconnect again with my what has you know been my religion for uh, quite some time. So, yeah, so I'm doing that out of uh, here in uh, Riverdale. Uh, well, I live in Sparta, mm-hmm. but in Riverdale, New Jersey. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. And uh one more question for you from the question I asked you at the start. Are you still who you said you were? Absolutely. To the, to the day that I'm not, uh, I'm no longer kicking and screaming. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Asher. I appreciate it.